0: Radioinfluence.com.
1: Hey man, we do it like this, man. Part learning form, part, ins- part, part, part. let me get it right. Part learning platform, part inspiration, all things to culture. That is the essence of what I do here at Hip Hop Study Hall. It's your man DJ Aiken, Tampa's most connected DJ. Of course, um, it's a lot going on today. Got my man Carlos Scott, PR extraordinaire, going to be on the pod later on. But first, I had to invite this dude here. And I invited you for a couple of reasons. For one, because I think that you are one of the dopest that I see at what you do. I, I do I give you that like when I, as I watch you how you move around the space of, of a of an on-air talent um of an entrepreneur dude who moves his own way and somebody that that to me when you open your mouth on subjects I feel like more often than not a good. 92 percent of the time because eight percent I gotta disagree maybe with some things just because that's what I gotta do I feel like like you on on the money at least knowing about the subject man my man Ian Beckles uh it's 953 WdaE um what's the times every day uh three to seven three mm-hmm. to seven yeah and right uh, 620 on your am dial 620 on your am dial and and one of the biggest things that I want to make a point of here because what we try to do here at the pop study hall is get people who have been involved in some sort of the culture some sort of 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 been involved in what I want to talk about. And mm-hmm. you are a former NFL pro, Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I am. Right. I am. So, some of the things that that are top of my in, in the beginning of, of the pod, every week, I start with these things that are like news. Okay. And the majority of them, Jason will tell you, I just be like, we're not talking about that, okay. we're not talking about that. Uh-huh. But this week, the news kind of hit me a little different because a lot of it involves sports. So I hit you yesterday, I was like yo Ian, before I drop this pod man, can I get you to come on? Because of some things that to me are are hot buttons right okay. now. Right, and um, l- let's just start with something that, that hit the news today, it's really big. And this dude is like super big in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers comes out, he is positive for COVID. Right, okay. that's, a, that's, that's the biggest part of the story first that's Mm -hmm. that was the biggest part of the story first the other part that really made it a big story was because the NFL is pushing this whole like you know they want the players to get vaccinated and if you are not vaccinated there's a certain protocol that you're supposed to be going through like wearing your mask at press conferences wearing your mask on the sideline Aaron Rodgers thing never said he was vaccinated if I'm not mistaken the words he used was I am immunized Immunized. right Um, before I get any further into the story Give me your take on that part so far. Like he's immunized. Nobody. I mean, because shouldn't the Packers be? They. They. They should know this stuff, right? Well, everybody knows it. First of all, because it's, it's.
0: It's really. You can look it up if you want to. Okay. Gotcha. Actually,
1: the teams can look it up. I don't believe the public can. Yeah, I think it's not a public thing. I think correct. the NFL has not said it's not a public thing. But from what I understand is if you track this stuff enough, you can narrow it down to who actually is vaccinated and who's not.
0: It wouldn't be hard. Right. And They have to tell you what teams have certain percentages because certain have, teams have different rules. So, you know, I, I know the Buccaneers are 100 percent, so you don't have to worry about anybody over there. But... I don't know if even other teammates know because that's none of their business, okay? That's private. So if the team finds out there's two players that didn't get vaccinated, I don't even believe that the team's allowed to say who those two players are. So it's one of those things where, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he kind of didn't lie, but if you've just been watching Aaron Rodgers in the whole offseason, he don't really care for too many people but himself, I mean, that's just real, okay? People can say what they want about Aaron Rodgers, you can still be a fan, but I do know this. When you hold your, your, org- your organization hostage the whole off season, the whole off season, I don't wanna play there, I'll never play there. And he didn't actually say that, but he, he should have. He, right. he should have said that. He already talked down in GM, he, and, and this is another thing. Aaron Rodgers came back, talked down to organization while he's still there. Who has ever done that in the history of sports? You won't talk down your... He said his own organization treats players terribly while you're still there. I don't know why he's even has a Packer jersey on. I really don't. But I'm not surprised at none of this because clearly to me, this is what I see. I see Aaron Rodgers as being stronger than the whole Green Bay Packers organization because right now he has them hostage because he's that good. But they can't tell him nothing.
1: They can't tell him nothing. Now, those are all good points. But if we're talking about the COVID part, right? Isn't there still him being Aaron Rodgers? I know Roger Goodell don't think that he's bigger than the league, even no matter what Green Bay thinks. Now, isn't there still a certain protocol that he himself should be following and the team holding him accountable for if he's an unvaccinated player?
0: Every team is responsible for their own teams. Okay, so it's really not a Roger Goodell thing. It's a Green Bay Packer thing. So the Green Bay Packers knew he was not vaccinated. That's on them to make sure he has a mask on the meetings, which he was supposed to do on the sideline. When he goes out on on away trips, he can't leave the hotel. You think he left the hotel? What do you think? I
1: think he did whatever he wanted
0: to do. Thank you, that one. Okay, so nobody's telling Aaron Rodgers nothing. He is stronger than the organization right now. I mean, the man, the man just talked bad about everybody. Just walk back in, and everybody just let him back in, like he's part of the organization now. Come on, man, that's never happened before. Come on, dog. That back, back when I played, right, it wasn't happening. It's either in, or out. You can't be out the whole off season, talk bad about folks, and just step back in the huddle, and you, you with us? That don't work like that, man. It don't work. It don't work like that anywhere, especially on the NFL football field.
1: So. Being a former player, yeah. Why haven't any of them said anything? You think because of how good he is, and they don't have anybody that can, like, if they had a, if they had a, if they had a good second, if they had like a competing situation, right? Like, say they had a, a situation that was really close, like mm-hmm. a, another quarterback, but maybe they just drafted a guy who they believed in in the first round. Maybe it was even late in the first round. Mm-hmm. You think that he'd be able to get away with this kind of stuff that he's doing? First of all, you know, I
0: played nine years, went to eleven training camps, was in a lot of locker rooms. You mind your business. Ah, uh, okay. First and foremost, mind your business. Okay, so what's happening in Aaron's locker, I can't really deal with that. Because gotcha. Ian's locker got a lot of stuff going on. You know, this week, I'm blocking Reggie White or whatever, I can't really worry about Aaron the way he got on. You know, that's Aaron's thing. Once again, just think about how strong Aaron Rodgers is how powerful he is. If you question him, who are you? Who are you? What's your name? Uh, how many? How many people on that team are good enough to question Aaron Rodgers and stay? What, can I give you a bad idea? Question the quarterback. Wait on. You're better off questioning the coach. Are you question the quarterback?
1: What do you got to go? Right. And how good is Aaron? Especially if you're on offense too. If you happen to be anywhere, one the
0: anywhere. <laughs> but what if you? It's the quarterback. Don't do it.
1: Don't question the quarterback. Don't do it. No way. Well, let me come at you another way. Please. Because I've been watching I've been watching all the sports shows all day. Okay. And I'm sure you probably maybe you got this across your monitor. Maybe you even touched on it. Okay. Did Kyrie handle his situation better than Aaron is handling this in your opinion? <clears throat> Boy, did Kyrie handle it better. I mean, let's put it, let's let's say this. This is one thing that I have heard said over and over about Kyrie. Okay. Today not saying that. I, I, let's start with Stephen A. Stephen A. still believes that Kyrie would have found some kind of a way to be a distraction. He, that's what Stephen A. says. He says if, it, like he, Stephen A. kept using an example today, he said Kyrie wasn't at the the, the, the the riots that happened on Capitol Hill. Okay, they happened. All of a sudden, Kyrie had a reason to take two weeks off. He said, and 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 this is I'm watching. I saw him a couple different times talk about this. He was like, you know, saying that Kyrie would have found a way to find a distraction to take. Cause that's, that's it. That's his problem with you Kyrie. you think he's lying? Now, now, do you think he's lying? Well, it, I mean, he, he wasn't stating something that we don't know. These are facts, these well, are things that, that's that Kyrie has done. So, but, <laughs> but, I, but I'm talking, like, but I wanted to go back to the vaccine part. Now okay. when Kyrie says that he was honest about not wanting to take the vaccine, I'm gonna, I'll, I'm okay with y'all telling me I can't come here. As opposed to how Aaron has handled it. Yeah. And Aaron, to me, has put others in Jeopardy. Yes. You understand what I'm saying about mm-hmm. his actions? Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm trying to, I'm asking to compare it that way. Okay. Do you think that Kyrie handled it better? Okay. And that's being like the the
0: skinniest person at fat camp. You know what I'm saying? Neither one of them handled it well at all. Okay. I'm going to say this. I'm way more on Kyrie's side and this is why. Kyrie is not lying to nobody. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is lying to people, man. And you're putting people's lives in Jeopardy. We're seeing what's happening, man. I mean, People can say what they want and be political or whatever, vaccine, whatever, but I know you're still hearing stories about people dying because they're still dying. Right. So if you say you're vaccinated, then you better be vaccinated. Don't lie about it. And then be up in a hole. If everybody catches it on the team and everybody can lose two paychecks, Aaron can survive that. You know, there's a bunch of dudes in that locker room gonna be in trouble. Right. Aaron don't give a crap. That's his problem. He don't care about nobody but himself. Aaron Rodgers doesn't get along with his family. Wow. Somebody doesn't get along with a mom. I'm leery of you. You get along with your mom?
1: Yes. Okay. She's my world.
0: I loved my mother to death.
1: If you don't love your mother, I don't get it. So what about this part when they're saying, technically, technically, Aaron Rodgers didn't lie. He said he was immunized. Now, I don't think that, and, and and I just I'm gonna say it out loud, dude. I don't think that I don't think that Colin Kaepernick could have stood, sat there, and said that.
0: You're gonna compare Aaron Rodgers to Colin Kaepernick? You I, I don't you know, think, how, I don't you know think, how many people in
1: between that. Okay, let me, let me let me let me let me do this then. Let me do this then. Let me do this. I don't think that could have done that. Am I still? Is this comparison still off? I think Dak might have gotten away with that. You think so? As long
0: as Dallas is winning like they are right now? Yes. And I think, but I think, I think Dak would have got away with it, but less people would have taken an apology. But, but Aaron, Aaron has never cared about anything. Like, has you ever heard Aaron apologize for anything or see any kind of like, he's just good every time. He doesn't care. I don't get it. I don't get it. He's not my type of dude, man. I don't get it. I don't get his hair. None of it I don't get no more. Well, the new hair is like... Don't like it. You don't like the new hair? Dirty. He's dirty. He's a different... You dude. know it's dirty looking, he's, he's a, stop it.
1: Hey, look, man, he's a different dude right now. Okay. He's a, he's a different uh, dude right now. I mean dirty. Huh? He's a different dude okay, right now. Whatever, dude. I'm just I said, saying. You know what I think
0: happened? I
1: think he found weed. But you know what they're also saying too? And I don't, I'm they're, but they're also saying that his fiance is very much into this kind of lifestyle. Holistic like stuff. Yeah, like she makes her own Zen toothpaste. And stuff. That means yeah, he she, smokes a lot of weed. Yeah, she, uh, is that what it means?
0: And doesn't it always? <laughs> uh, doesn't it always? Come on now, what planet what, what, you live on? I don't I don't smoke weed, so I don't, you know. No, well, I do. And if anything's holistic, and they're talking about from the earth, when they say from the earth, it's that means I smoke a lot of weed, pretty much. Is that okay in the NFL now? Absolutely. Okay, I I don't. I don't know. Should have been okay. Should have been okay. Okay. Come on now. They should pass the joints out. Well, they pass some pills out, right? But well the joints ain't kill nobody? Pills is crushing folks. I seen it kill people. Never said not a joint kill not one person.
1: So chill them out, though. That's a, that's a, that's a, no that's deaths. another episode too. I got to no have, deaths. I got, we have a lot of episodes. Yeah, I, I got, I got definitely got to bring we, yeah. you Go ahead,
0: steal all my episodes. Go ahead.
1: Hey, no, I, dude, let me tell you something. I, I literally <laughs> love talking to you because I, like I said, it's, it's always the realest conversation uh, to me I tried, man. and I, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Let's go on the other end of the spectrum too. Something else that hit the news. And, and I really want to get your opinion because this is a young dude. Um, I want to say, is this his first or second year in the league? Second year in the league. Uh, uh Is it uh rugs yeah, third? Yeah. Um, Los Angeles Raiders receiver. Yeah. 100, over 150 miles per hour in a Corvette, yep. three o'clock in the morning, hits a lady in the in the back of a Toyota in the back of her Toyota Rav4. She pretty much, well, she dies on the scene, oh, yeah. like yeah. burned up yeah. in the car. Her and the dog. Um, online, it was going a lot of different ways, and you, you know, because he's the name, right? The first thing was, you know, you don't feel sorry for this guy because he's got a million chances, this, that, and the other. Then you had some other people, like like it's like his quarterback came out and said, um, you know, like the guy does need, you know, he needs someone to be there for him, you know, and and I kind of do get that side because, I mean, you can't bring her back. You can't. And that's a, her family's going through it too right now. Mm-hmm. But he's also going through that 22 years of age and of something that he caused. I'm not, I'm not trying to justify that either. Mm-hmm. But let me get your thoughts on, on that. And you, you've been in the league. Like, and, and and before I go too, let me get this in. One of the things that kept being said was, um, you shouldn't feel sorry for this guy because this, that, and the other. And then, and then somebody wrote, the, the, the NFL needs to get You know like a car service for these young guys And some kind of a program And and I don't know for sure if there's a sponsor program But what I do know is there's a program out there called Uber And another program called Lyft And if he ain't got nothing else He probably got a little more money than I got So he could have called an Uber Or the girlfriend could have called an Uber yeah. um, Your thoughts man You've been in the league You've been around guys that suddenly got a bunch of money I mean you were in the league So you probably suddenly had a bunch of money That you hadn't had the week before Yes. Uh, I went from
0: poor to rich in my standards. Not really rich, though. I'm like, we're making good money. I'm making $90,000 my rookie year, I could tell you, because it wasn't a lot of money. Right. It does not sound like a lot of money right now. That's the Not sell. now, but I guarantee you
1: coming out of college and somebody say you're making ninety. I tell you
0: what, I went back to college and finished. After my rookie year, right. you know what the girls were saying? You got fine. I said, I know. <laughs> I know. So I got some gold. I got a truck with some sound. Boom, boom, boom in the back, Magic Mike. Right. Came from Florida, Magic Mike. Boom. Got cute. The year before, not so cute. Shouts out to my dude, Magic Mike, man. <laughs> <laughs> man. And he dropping the dropping the bass, boy though. Yeah, I had the damn bazooka in the back. Oh. What? But in the back of the Pathfinder. They knew anytime you ran your car, he would come <laughs> Every time. Every time. They're on like, boom, 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 magic Mike All day long. Some of, the, some of them cats over there at one buck place. right? Ruben Davis and Robert Thomas, they had sound in their car though. Rattling, scary sound, yeah. Couldn't even see them nah, in there. Nah, man, nah. You, what you, mean? you not, gotta listen to that from outside I the car. Like they, I got 458s and I'm like, what? They open it up and just doom, doom. That's too much, it's too much. That one like 10 inch bazooka, I'm good.
1: You good? That was enough, yeah. What was the question? Well, the, the thing is, I mean, and because you just gave it to me, I mean, you kind of gave it to me like, what happens when you suddenly get this money, right? So your thoughts on, um, it's a tragic situation, yeah, I Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the problem when things like this happen
0: to, to athletes. Everybody talks about athletes like they're not human beings, okay? If this happened to your son or your father or your grandfather, and it does happen to these people, would you think that they're a heathen and nobody should love them? Or would you love them? Because if one of my siblings or my son or anybody that I love did that, you gotta hug them, man. Right. I mean, what are you gonna do? Just say, I don't want you around? I don't get that part of it. Right. It's like, so for everybody for to say, don't love on the dude, I mean, that's the wrong way to do it, man. Like, you know, things happen, like what, what happened with John Gruden, okay? Listen, I don't like John Grew, and I said that a thousand times already. But I don't want that to happen to a dude, man. You know what I mean? Right. Now he walks into a room and he you're funny acting and say nobody wants that. Think of like something like Tiger Woods. He went from nobody had a bad thing to all of a sudden like a, like six months, he was like a leper all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Like he, things switch, you know? Right. Let me switch it back, obviously, but you gotta watch out for a young kid like this, because once again, how much money he has is gone yeah to try to stay out of jail is gonna be gone yeah watch out for this kid because he's gonna fall a long long way so don't have anybody there to help him it's tough man He better have a support cast somehow for sure so let's hope it seems like
1: people around him care so if you could offer any advice like to a kid watching this situation like you know, because like I said, you, you've you been there. And and I always tell kids when I go to places to speak and, and they're they're like, you know, I, I went to the Department of Juvenile Justice through some of their stuff that they've had with programs mm-hmm. and Leslie Peters Halfway House. And, and I took Maino there. And one of the things that we talked about was like, look, dude, you here, you in this situation, right? Mm-hmm. But you, you can't change how you got here. and You can't change what happened yesterday. But what you can do is start with today and just start going in a positive direction one day at a time.
0: What I tell kids normally is, you know, you guys may think you're getting a short end of the rope, whatever, and you might be, maybe you have one parent, I don't know where you live, whatever. You can just be a statistic and just succumb to it all, or you'll fight your way out of it. You know what I mean? But if you're making asinine decisions, and the thing is, we all like to have fun, okay? Right. I like to have fun, let's not even play, okay? I've liked to have fun since I was 12, okay? So I stay <laughs> having fun. right? But you still have to make good decisions, you know what I mean? And I think people know when they're not making good decisions. And as I get older, you make less bad decisions. Right. But when I was 18, 19, 20, 22, people say what they want, but if they say that they didn't drive drunk at 22, I don't know anybody that didn't. Right. I don't. So, you know, I know people that are in their 50s that drive every day drunk. But it doesn't say that what he did wasn't disgusting, okay? Because somebody lost their lives. Right. But let's not keep on crushing lives. You know what I mean? I mean, he's going to pay the piper. He's ready to pay the pipe. His life is crushed too, okay? It's not like that other families. But trust me, Henry Ruggs would probably switch places with that young lady. I bet if you ask him, he would switch places. Because right now, I couldn't imagine going through that. that would be terrible. Right. Because They they, they immediately cut him? They have to. Right. We're going to pick him up for a while. If at all. If he gets through this. See if he don't go if he don't go to the pen, he's gonna
1: go to the pen probably right cause they're talking about in, in Vegas like it's it's automatic jail time it's not gonna be any probation out there in Vegas if it happens this type of thing happens and something like this this high
0: profile he's going to jail he's going to jail I mean it's tough man I mean he's done he's done for a bit cause like I say yeah that's falling a long ass way, man.
1: Right. This is one go of those away. things too where you just you just put football to the side and start getting the life part football. right. You just put the light you get the football. life part right. You start working on yeah, the life said football. I guarantee the
0: word football didn't come out of his mouth since this, since that. Not all one time. Football. <laughs> Shoot. It's it's huh? Football, man. <laughs> hey. Once you say jail, you stop saying football. Jail wow. that's a bad word there, man. I'm not trying to go to jail though. Right. for nothing. Nothing. a good, that's a good thing to go, try to go through life not going to jail.
1: Right. It's good that way. It's a lot going on, man, I, I do, I do, and I'm like you said, man, I, and I know we talk about these things. Um, I do, her family and, you know, everybody involved in this, because like you said, it, it's so many people that are affected by something like this. Sure, you know, absolutely. everything from the girlfriend that was in the car to people that were out there. Like, there's a guy who he said he got on the scene and he tried to pull Uh, The young lady out of the car And he had her He was trying to pull her But she was trapped in Whether it was her seatbelt or whether it was the door locked, he couldn't get her out. But then the the flames started to engulf, like it got too hot for him to even be there. You know, so he had to back up. So she didn't even, you know, it's like somebody else said to me. They was like, man, I hope that her and the dog maybe have died instantly. That way they didn't (laughs) suffer. And people are saying when they got on the scene, you could hear her screaming. You could hear, you know, the screams, and that makes it, you know, that much more of of a tragedy, man. So I I do like you said, prayers go out to to both sides because it is a tragedy. Um one more thing I wanted to get get from you while I got you here as a guest and I mean I watched it man and I need I don't know if you saw it yet but Colin Kaepernick is not going nowhere bro <laughs> he's not going nowhere Colin in black and white hit Netflix six episodes I ain't gonna lie bench watched them all in one night I ain't even go to bed I was up till like three thirty, quarter to 4 watching Colin's show and 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 have you seen it yet? I have not. Okay, now let me let me give you this, Jason. Have you seen it? Give me a head nod. Jason hasn't seen it. Okay, now mm-hmm. when I first heard about Colin in Black and White, I thought it would be a documentary on like Colin Kaepernick sure. and everything he's been mm-hmm. through, whatever. It's not that. It's actually a TV show with a kid playing Colin, narrated by Colin. With kind of like the. Uh, with it not being totally a comedy but remember how Chris Rock narrated his show Sure. Uh, Everybody Hates Chris mm-hmm. it's kind of like that narration Colin comes in from here and there in mm-hmm. scenes he'll walk in a scene and give you some narration um, and I ain't gonna lie to you man I, I thought it was good I thought and I, things I didn't know about Colin Kaepernick I didn't know that Colin Kaepernick I knew that Colin Kaepernick had uh he was he was biracial, but I didn't right. know that Colin Kaepernick was actually adopted by white parents. I didn't I didn't know that at all. Maybe I just haven't done enough research. I didn't know that. I'm not sure I knew that either. In the in the in the in the uh, series, yeah, I didn't know that. Because that's what I first said. At first, I was his, his dad's whiteness. So where's the black? then I was like, and then they, they, yeah. they, but they made it clear. Colin said it a few times in this thing. I'm adopted, and one of the things that Colin that they kept pushing this narrative throughout the thing is. Colin has never been anybody's first choice. Even starting with his own mother, and with his parents, yeah. by him being adopted. You haven't seen it, so I, I can't I ask you what you thought of it, but I'm sure you knew it was coming out. What did you think when you, what What do you think about where Colin is right now? Let's go there. Okay, this is, if if I wish I could
0: literally go back to what I said, I, I, don't, I don't know how long it could have been. We were talking about Colin Kaepernick and everything was happening, and so, the NFL already paid Colin Kaepernick a huge amount of money. Right, because he won the loss uh, lawsuit, right? and Nobody will ever know how much that is. I'm gonna take, I guarantee it's nine figures, okay? It's a lot of damn money, all right. right? So, they paid him to go away. So that's, you pay something to go away, that means you did something wrong, okay? Right. So they blackballed the poor guy. I said this when it all was happening. Colin Kaepernick will win. And somebody goes, what are you talking about? I go, watch. Watch. If you're if you're somebody that stands up for something like that, right. you always win. And I go watch. I go he's gonna be on every magazine, he's gonna be man of the year. I said all of that, blah, 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 blah. I go watch. And it's all over. What's happening? And he's not, he's not, he's just starting.
1: You know what's really he's crazy too? Starting. You know what's really crazy too about the Colin thing? Colin doesn't even say much, though. You like, whoever whoever took over the team of of how we're going to move Colin from here on out, like from how he, Colin, like, in this whole thing, the narration of it, right? Mm-hmm. Colin comes out, black suit, black overcoat, you know what I'm saying? The yeah. afro is always are you, pristine. Are you shocked? No,
0: but seriously, this is, first of all, it's Colin Kaepernick, right? So, who's involved with it? Hollywood, Nike, like, do they have good people working for them? I mean, really? So, so, Very so, much so. so okay, That's who had their hands on it, though. So, right. I, if I was you, I wouldn't be shocked that it's sexy. They got right. the baddest hands on it. Every every top to bottom, baddest hat. Guarantee. And and this is another thing, Colin's cool, man. No, he is. He, Colin's he, cool. You can say
1: what you are. What whatever. You don't have to like him, but he's cool though. Now, you know? <laughs> this is what I want to ask you. This, and I, I wish you had seen it, but you haven't. So, mm. um, I'm gonna watch. Here's here's something that um that um that happened in the film and a lot of people were talking about this part on twitter. Colin compared going into the NFL and to the combine with with slavery. And and it happens in the film like literally in the film, right? There's a part where they're showing you like people going to the combine and all the jumping and getting measured and 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 of course they're all white guys that are doing all the testing and everything else like that and then it just morphs into the guy picking and prodding a slave, and there's a slave up front being told to stand up straight. They're they're measuring you know they're, they're touching and prodding him. You know what I'm saying? His muscles and how good he might be in the field and this sort of a thing. I know you heard about that part. Or did you? I have. I and have right what either. were your thoughts on that?
0: Uh okay, I didn't I didn't hear what he said exactly, but somebody else explained it kind of the way you explained it. So what I think about that is as a 54 year old black man, it would not be a good idea for me to sit here and side with him on this situation because I'm old enough to realize you really shouldn't compare anything to slavery or the Holocaust or 9-11. It's just a bad idea. It's not like it. It's not. It's not. How can you compare black men making millions of dollars to slavery, it's stupid, okay. The premise of it, If you skim the top of it, you know I I understand what he's saying. Right, it's not the same though. It it ain't the same. I get it, but you know, in slavery, they weren't they weren't wearing Rolexes and
1: driving Rolls Royces in slavery. They weren't changing the lives of their. They couldn't change the lives of their family. Their family situation for generations, generations. generations,
0: right? They weren't trying to let them go nowhere. They weren't allowed to go. You know, education, nothing. Okay, they. We got there through. We got there through education. Can't, you can't do without education. Nobody, nobody blacks has done it without education. Nobody. And what's funny, what's ironic, is when people about talk about dumb athletes, they talk about basketball players and football players. Those are the most educated athletes in the world. Wow. Every other golfers don't go to school, hockey players don't go to school, baseball players don't go to school. They get drafted when they're 15. Right. Who has to go to school? football players, and basketball players. And what everybody thinks about them as the dumb athletes. We we have the most education.
1: I didn't make the rules. So you say, when we're talking about that comparison like they make in the film, it probably stops at, yeah, there's some people that, you know, they run you through tests, they look at your body, how you, you know, your body fat, that type of thing. That's probably where it stops. Well, once
0: again, I went to the combine. Okay, right. They also uh, had a wicked buffet. They also <laughs> gave us, you know, per diem. Right. And they also gave us some nice gear. You know, uh, we went out. They gave us some money to go get some drinks. That's not slavery, man. That's not slavery, dog. No. And they're and they're letting they're letting us do something to have a chance to make millions of dollars. Right. That's not. That's not. That's not close to
1: slavery. What about the part when he? kind of insinuates in the film mm-hmm. but when they're done with you they're done with you that's 100 right on the nose
0: didn't care before and don't care after that is a fact at all
1: unless they're hiding it right i ain't seen it now let me ask you this being a, being that you were a black athlete or you know what i'm saying on a black man that's running burning businesses okay. still doing doing very much what you set your mind to mm-hmm. do you think that we're sometimes or a lot of times as black men or or you know the black race, brown race, mm-hmm. to blame because a lot of us are happy with just being the face on the flyer. I say that all the time in entertainment, right? A lot of times like we've made a bunch, let's look at Tampa. We've put millions of dollars into the entertainment scene. Like I look at when a party becomes black and I've said this before. If a party's a, a black urban party, there's a door charge and it's probably triple what any other door charge is and it'll be a black promoter doing it like i'll give you this that's uh, something that's tangible Mm -hmm. blue martini when blue martini was here up in international mall you go to blue martini any night during the week you and your girlfriend you and a couple of your friends you just walk in and get a drink maybe on friday there might have been a cover but i know for a fact the register never really rang over 10 20 sunday night was the urban night the black night right I seen the door dudes leave at like three, four thousand. These are the dudes that are out front. Like yo, like if it's Monday, it's Veterans Day and then everybody's off, or Columbus Day, everybody's off. That Sunday night, everybody's out. The dude out front, and it was a brother. Mm-hmm. Hey man, hundred dollars. You got on jeans. <laughs> Rob been here like four nights this week with jeans on. Well, tonight it don't count, bro. Hundred dollars. You wanna skip the line? Man, just get out my line, bro. It don't matter. Won't even look you in the eye. And and we, but we're paying it. Like we're paying it. Like and and paying for places that don't want us, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess I go back to my question is, do you think that we're partly to blame because we don't look at these situations and go, you know what, I could do this business. But like you said, it takes some education, it takes some other work, you just can't say, I own the building, maybe you and your friends gotta get together and actually buy the building, Mm -hmm. get building up to code, get the insurance, do all the things that don't cut corners and make it a legitimate business. Do you think that, a lot of it is our fault because we don't take those steps because I've watched and I have to put it on, I put a lot of it on me and us, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like the people that that are in the culture that move around with me, like, we can't keep blaming everybody else because they own the building. Maybe we gotta find a building that's our own and own it. Well, that's what I've done. So, uh, for everybody else out there,
0: you know, everybody keeps on talking about being held down. Stop doing that now. I mean, nobody's holding anybody down anymore. You know everybody knows there's libraries everywhere. There's internet. You can figure out anything. You don't need to go to school to learn stuff, right? You know what I mean. So you can you can be smart. Just go read stuff. You can you want to be a plumber? Go to YouTube. You'll, you'll learn learn how to be a plumber on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? I mean, people are doing stuff like that, right? So to me, what drives me crazy is I'll be honest with you. I live in South Tampa, so I am black, but not really, you know what I'm saying. What does that even mean? Here we go. I'm black, but I'm not going to go around and say I'm a black. I'm a black. That's that's not me. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's some people. It's not really me, and I. It's not really you either, no. Be, because we're not just in a black world. There's a lot of people that are. Right. A lot of people don't really get out of their world. Right. I get it. We. You get in lots of worlds.
1: Yeah, we move to the And you, you,
0: you couldn't do what you do if you couldn't get if you didn't get out of the world, right? So, there's some people are trapped in that black world. You got to get out the world a little bit. Get out and see some things. You know what I mean? Right. If you and listen, whatever you're selling, if you're selling this cup, great if black people are buying it. But you know what? It'd be better if white people are buying it, and that's not a racist thing. But it's a, it's a very big world. Okay, out thank there. you. Okay, right. so if you have a hat and it's a Afrocentric hat, and it's more popular with black people or white people, which one are you gonna do? If you say black, you're wrong. Okay, so that's a, this is business, you see what I'm saying? Right. So that's the world we live in. So you know who I hang out with? Julie Weintraub and Rob Elder, so
1: but it doesn't mean I, know, it, just I so, know what
0: it doesn't mean but
1: wait just so we're very clear though because I, I know you I know you as a dude <laughs> yeah. it doesn't mean though that you're not proud to be black and no, I think a lot of times our, I think a lot of times our very own people be yeah. like like, I, I remember I was in a room one day and I said a sentence that had proper subject verb agreement. Correct. And one of my own people looked at me and said, oh, he's trying to talk white. No, this is called subject verb agreement. Like, my mom really sent me to school for this. Like, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I can get in a room and play with the best of them. Right, dog? Sorry. Why you name meal. I can yeah. do it. But I'd like to use proper subject verb agreement. Thank you. You know, and, and, I, and I think sometimes that's a confusion. I think people very much think because you don't want to be at everything that feels hood or put yourself mm-hmm. in a situation that the energy could be kind of crazy that you're not happy to be black. No, I'm very happy to be black. Correct. But I also think that there's ways to move the culture and in order to move the culture, mm-hmm. we have to really get up and keep moving the culture out of just in front of us. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm around more white people
0: than black people because I live in South Tampa. Right. But I'm going to say this. I don't change for anybody. Boom. I'm me all the time. And I'm if I scare somebody too bad. Boom. I, I just, I'm, I'm going to be me. If I go meet with an executive... Give me any company, I don't care. I, I, I went to uh, sit down with all the CEOs of the Seven old Hard Rock, John Fontana and them cats. Asian cats and dudes looking at me, This big old dudes, so I came in just like this, hot, to the side, I said, what's up fellas, I just got out of radio, I'm a free agent, I wanna represent your product, boom, boom, I'm gonna charge you this much, this is what I'm gonna do, bam, bam, boom, 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 boom. sold, boom. Done sold. Came in just like this. Right. If I came in with my suit, I'm just, I'm lying. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't want to wear a suit. I don't want to wear a suit. Right. Don't invite me to a party with a suit. I ain't going no more. Done. But you but you also do the business you say you're gonna do though. Your word means something. Correct. If I say I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna be there early. Right. I'm gonna put it all in. I'm gonna promote it. I'm not gonna half-ass it because I don't do that. My name is on it. It's so very important that I put it in a little bit. I'm gonna be prepared. Right to what I do. And listen, there's a lot of things you can fake. You know, you can't fake football though. You can't fake that, not for a long time. Actually not at all, not at that level. You can't fake it, you can't do it. And the preparation part, you can't, you can't fake it. So all the rest of the stuff, I'll figure, I'll figure it out.
1: I'll figure it out. Well, can I take you back a second? Do you think, on another note, do you think that Colin could still play? Do you think there are 28 quarterbacks really better than Colin Kaepernick no. right now? But I, I, I
0: wouldn't bet money that he would last. Right. I wouldn't bet money that he would come off the couch for that long and go out there because nobody's nobody's lasting, man. Who's who's healthy? Everybody's hurt. Right. There's not a running back in the NFL don't get hurt all the time. The one guy that doesn't get hurt maybe done. A, a foot injury that big monster? You think that's not gonna be an issue? I had a foot injury. I still hurts no he won't he won't be the
1: same no way and everybody else gets hurt all the time and 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 your other point of that he won the lawsuit right they paid him pretty much to go a away a lot of money so do you think that when he when he does things They like, don't want him back when he but when he does things that's when he says things like well when he puts up the videos and goes I'm ready all they got to do is call me I'm getting up every day at four o'clock to still work out I'm ready is that just more for show to keep the other stuff going yes because he knows they're they are not gonna said, call him nope he knows that The second he took that
0: check, he knew he was never gonna play in the NFL again. They they are not gonna pay the money and then let you back in. No way. With that afro, no way. Were you shocked that that Nike stood with him? No, absolutely not. Nike, Nike sees stuff before everybody sees stuff. Nike saw it before me. Right. Shoot, get out of here. When that stuff happened, Nike was like,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that ad was crazy. When they first dropped that ad. Dude, whatever, When they Nike, first dropped that ad.
0: They went in a little circle and they went off. They had they was just passing the joint around.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. came up with I guarantee it. Guarantee it, man. Look, all I'm saying is just leave, leave the door, man. Leave, leave your phone. Don't change your number on me, bro. Because these Why things not, come bro. up. I need, I need you in here for these conversations. Like when, when I have to talk these sports and these things like this, I need you here, I man. You, it's a perspective that I need to bounce off of. You, you act like I'm far from here a lot. You know it's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying I have to just make it I, Look man I'm not too proud To say these things Like I appreciate you Taking the time man I appreciate you I'm good, man. Getting, I'm off, good. getting off of one show And coming yeah. in And sitting with me I am tired though I ain't a lot. lie to you I'm That's tired. what I'm saying And putting up with me Like Jason does All kinds right. of Hey I wanna record this time Hey we're gonna get this man, call From well, Cali This is gonna happen Well you're difficult I'm easy
0: Yeah yeah you know it's hip hop you're like a wide receiver no, is that i'm right? a lineman yeah you're definitely a wide receiver yeah, yeah yeah prima donna all that shit you know that prima no, donna come on, Bro, I'm on come time. on now get out of here shoes gotta be you know can't have no scuff on the shoes yeah every game I'm, I'm, every, every game when i, I play
1: baseball every game it was like it was like i had new shoes even though i didn't i cleaned them before every game
0: you're acting like i don't know what you did like i know you i'm looking at you i know you yeah, 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 come on. I'm the dude that gotta get a haircut before every game.
1: Before every game, yo, yo. Yo, you cut my hair tomorrow, bro? We play on Sunday, bro, you, what time you coming through? Cause I got, I'm gonna have to take my helmet off, bro. He's like, um, you know how this goes. I'm gonna take my helmet yeah. off, cause I gotta, you know. Now, don't get it
0: twisted now. My stuff had to lay right. Right, My stuff had to lay right, or I can't play. My stuff has to be right, Has have to fit right, pants right, socks perfect, put the shoes on a certain way, the whole nine yards, don't put nothing on the arms, tape up the hands a certain way, how many plays though Before you had the uniform Was actually dirty Two Three Five it Depends on where We were playing Playing indoors Never Don't get dirty indoors Oh okay Outdoors like, like, At Raymond James I didn't want play At Raymond James But at the Buck Stadium We had good grass So it didn't get Just get some stains And that's about it But go to Buffalo well, That was uh, turf For Buffalo Oh so it wasn't too I bad And cold No it was terrible Cold Yes but I'm saying Like the feel though Terrible, terrible. Nah man you don't want to play on turf in the cold. They don't go they don't go well together. Wow. They
1: don't go well together at all. <laughs> My <laughs> man, Ian Beckles, man. Hey, look, man, I, I appreciate you, bro. Like I said, and I, I hope folks enjoyed this conversation. I, I, and so I know what some ups and down points of, you know, just things that are going on in the world, but I think that they need to be discussed in, in a different, you know, I, I, part of the thing that's happening with hip hop, you can just tell me this if you what you see, because, you know, I know you watch, you know, different things that go on in the culture. Mm-hmm. Does it feel to you like the people that are taking over the media and hip hop It's just always some chaos and some drama. It's a reality star this, this person fought this person, this person got killed. We arguing about this. It just seems like the culture is just not, we're just not, like there's so many dope things going on in the culture that I just feel like we just gotta like show more of that. Like I think this next generation of creatives need to see that.
0: I think because everybody's turned into hip hop artists but there's no rappers anymore. Nobody really raps anymore. Who who raps really? You know what I mean? Like who says that's what I do? Right. They're really you know internet people. You know they're social media people. And somebody comes up with a song. And That's how they make all their damn money, though. They make crazy money, though. But they're not
1: really rappers. You right, know what it's again. not even it's not even the music no more. It's come up with one little <laughs> thing and then the rest of oh, it kid, goes. They're and making your so much. YouTube stuff, stuff and other stuff. What
0: some of them people? I mean, there, there's some athletes. Uh, Jay has got me watching soccer and crazy stuff, so I, I'm starting to follow Ronaldo a little bit. Right? You ever follow that dude?
1: I know his uh, his Instagram is
0: it's crazy. He's like number one, I believe. Yeah, uh, three hundred million or yeah, something crazy ridiculous. like that. But he'll 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 post something. I like to sit there and watch it. It's crazy, bro. I mean, like.
1: But that's, that's just one of those things too that that shows you get out of your own backyard because that that shows you how big the world is.
0: Yeah. But then they say if he said like this, buy this cup. Yeah, that that's worth like five million dollars. Like yeah. sit, like literally, five million dollars. Yeah, for him to post it, yeah, because the, cause no, they know. Yeah, it's gone. absolutely. Okay. That's like Oprah back in the day. Oprah when Oprah said it, done. was over.
1: I was a strong woman back in the day. And this dude drink out of a cup, and it's over. God, <laughs> done. No, but
0: he got the Oprah. He's he's more worldwide than Oprah. Right. Yeah. Worldwide, everybody, men and women, love and cat cat love him. Well,
1: soccer's worldwide, though. They, soccer's, the, soccer's next level. Correct. Football is not worldwide. Yeah, we talk we talk about football and this stuff, but soccer's next level. No, I'm I'm starting to get into it a little bit, man. A little bit. A ah, little what? bit. <laughs> My man Ian Beckles, man. <laughs> Where can they find you at on social media? Uh I'm Instagram,
0: folks, uh Ian underscore Beckles, B-E-C-K-L-E-S. And the show every day? Uh 3-7 uh 95-3 W D A E and 620 on your AM
1: dial. My man Ian Beckles, man. Uh yeah. stay close, man. Uh uh uh, promo PR extraordinaire Carlos Scott is on with us as well today Man I, I feel good about today's episode I don't feel bad about making Jason Sit here and listen to these discussions today I don't feel bad man I don't because normally I do Jason's okay he can be alright Look he's gonna be alright <laughs> It's Hip Hop Study Hall man Stay close we ain't done I told you it was gonna happen. I I, I told you it was gonna happen. Um, here at right. Hip Hop Study Hall, this is what we do, man. We're we're part learning platform, part inspiration. All things the culture of hip hop. And and with that being said, I I keep telling these young cats that I meet out here that the job is way bigger than the microphone, right? And and this brother right, right here, I have known him for a while. I have watched his work. Um, And I've just been a fan of the things that he's doing, and I couldn't wait to get him here on the pod to talk to him, man. My man, Carlos Scott. Let me get this right, too. PR Marketing Executive over at Envision Marketing, Inc., the VP of Marketing and Corporate Partnerships based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, How you doing, man? That's great.
2: How you doing? Man, I'm great. I'm great. And first of all, kudos to you for even starting this platform to really kind of plant a seed into the young, to our youth, because- as you and I talked about this, you know, a little over a month or so ago, uh, unfortunately, our kids, they're kind of short-sighted. They just see T.I., they see LeBron, they see Steph Curry, but they don't see that it's somebody behind them right. or with them, rather, that actually helps to propel them to protect their brand and and to have different facets. And my, my entity specifically is in branding PR and marketing make a long story short PR is about awareness so when you see somebody on Jimmy Fallon or Today Show or Jimmy Kimmel or whatever that's PR but on the marketing side when you see somebody with a Gatorade deal or BMW or whatever that's the marketing side and so we do that as well and so um you know it's, it's been a fun ride the last two decades been blessed to represent um eight Olympic gold medalists, Boom. Uh, five Super Bowl champions, Boom. Uh, you know, Hollywood actors, Grammy award winning artists, multi-platinum artists, uh, even a four-star general um, wow. that we represent. And so, and, and then we also work with, ironically, we actually work with some of those same brands. We consult with them in the areas of diversity, equity, inclusion, um, talent procurement, because a lot of times Let's say you're Pepsi or you're Coca-Cola and you have this big event and you're sponsoring it, but you don't know who to contact in order to, to right. book Beyonce or who to book whatever. So, so they'll consult with us. And then we also consult them in the areas of how to effectively and respe- and respectfully advertise to uh, African-American, even the LBGT and Latino communities. And so, um, you know, because otherwise you hear about these incidents, like what happened with Gucci, right. with the girl with the blackface or with the what happened with H&M with the young kid that had the, the monkeys the monkey, playing. The right. young, I mean, these are situations that happen because there's nobody that looks like you and I right. at the decision-making level in these rooms. And because I guarantee you if somebody like yourself or, or, or me w- was in that room when they presented that, we'd have the cachet to say, "Hey, I understand where you're trying to go, but that's not going to be where I see. That's not the way let's get back it. to the drawing board. Right. So, but anyway, um, but yeah, that's that's what we do, and and it's it's a fun ride. Uh, it's it can be stressful because on the on the flip side of what we do um i'm also a media crisis
1: specialist yeah i, get into, and I want so to get it that that too means- fast because i i, I, I want to get there i want to get there I, I, <laughs> okay. I gotta i gotta stop you for a second because you gave us a lot right. right there and with this with this next right. generation that, that that i want to see this and hear about you I, I, let me let me start with your story a little bit before i get to how much that you really have going on let me let me right. let me let me start with what maybe made you say how did you decide that the PR space was where you wanted to go? Was it like a, you know, because because I was a communications major at school, right? And you know, you go into communications, communications. If you don't watch it, it's pretty much a catch-all. It's almost like going to the business college, right? It's a catch-all. Um, right. How did you decide, or how did you even get into the PR marketing space?
2: <laughs> not to not to be sound ish, but God orders your steps. If someone would have told me two decades ago that I'd be doing PR. Or even marketing, I'd be like, whatever. Um, but I will say this, I was I was the talent before I started representing the talent. Okay. I was a star at in high school, football, basketball, ran track, baseball, cross country and all that, and had aspirations of uh, you know, of going to the next level. Um, I was in a car accident, almost lost my life, and that changed the trajectory of my life, but um, but in a good way. I ended up passing my physical and um, my ROTC instructor asked me to consider going to the military. And so I went to the Air Force. I got a chance to play for our Air Force team. I was the quarterback of our of our uh, team that went to the championship. I was the point guard on the basketball team. Where were you stationed at? Over in England, at Upper Hayford.
1: Bruh, that's a small world because I I got some Upper Hayford ties. RAF Crowden over there. Yeah, yeah. Milden yeah. Mildenhall, Lake and Deep, yeah. Greetham Common. I know. I just get. I just yeah. brought you back to something, right? Here. We can we can talk about that later. But I, I got some English, some UK. ties. Wow. Wow. I, I don't want to yeah. have to bring it to you right quick because I got some UK yeah. ties. But that just shows you how small the world really is.
2: Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So anyway, I ended up opening up for Mary J. Blige. Um, ironically, <laughs> the first person I opened up for actually was R. Kelly. Wow. His first album. His first album came and I started, um, I was part of a production group and you, you know how the business works when you're up and coming artist, you don't have the, you don't make enough money to take your whole band or whatever. Right. So what they'll do is they might take your music director and, and maybe a drummer or whatever, but for the most part, it's a real skeleton crew and then they hire out background singers a bassist, a background singers or whatever. So I hooked up with a um a production company that uh they actually to come to the to to where I used to sing at and one of the places called Moonlighting. And so um very popular place, Mike Tyson, Michael just some everybody's been there. And so from there they presented me to england in London. Well, yeah. lady,
1: lady, what's her name? The lady that ran that joint. I, I'm sorry. I'm telling you things that I know that you probably like, how does he know these things? How does he know yeah. these things?
2: <laughs> yeah. And then the African guy that was like royalty or whatever that yeah. was the whole We know yeah. some
1: people. Let me, let me tell you how smart yeah. this world is so I can let you get on with this story.
2: You you, you know, Clay from
1: Grand Hustle. When, you, when mm-hmm. you If you know Clay from Grand Hustle, yeah. talk to Clay about, about Greed Em Comma. Cause Clay know about some UK action over there. Clay know about Greedom Common. Clay know what? about the UK. Clay know about Moonlight. Now, I'm gonna just leave that right there, okay? Talk, now you want to talk what? about how small the world is? Just when you get time, make that call and ask that question. Not that, I could tie this all together for you, but that's a, that's another conversation. What? But go ahead cool. with, with your story.
2: <laughs> so I opened up for um, for Mary J. Blige. Okay, and um, and and here's here's talking about the, the world coming full circle um h-town was also on the ticket and at the time my sister my oldest sister was the head of pr for luke records wow so they had a group called h-town i remember them body you know, Knockin' the first. boots yeah so anyway i i i meet the um Uh, Mary J. Blige's tour manager from Uptown MCA, and he told me, he said, hey, look, man, you got some chops on, you got talent. If you ever come back to the world, they to call the United States the world, come back to the world, uh, reach out to me, and whatever I I could do for you, I'll do. I meet Gerald LeVert at, at Moonlighting one night. Yeah, England was, was kind
1: of was kinda, was that deal. You could run into a lot of people that'd be happy to run into some brothers from the States.
2: Yeah, I, I, right. I, yeah. Right. <laughs> and so after after, after they, had a, they had a concert there, and so they came there, it's kind of like their after party. So when I got a chance to meet people like that, I didn't care about the groupies. I didn't care about the cars. I wanted to know any advice you could give me. Right. And Gerald Levert told me something that I hold on to today, and I tell that to other artists. He said, well, man, if you really want to make it in this business, you can't be a one trick pony. And I'm looking at him like, OK, what do you mean? And what he meant by that was he said, you got to be a songwriter. You got to be a producer. You got to manage acts. You got to um, you got to do- because if you only sing, then you're putting all your back, your eggs in one basket. Right. So that means that your your level of success is you you have a very short window. But if you also write, if you also produce, if you manage artists, if you choreograph, if whatever, if you do background vocals or whatever, you have more more areas because it's all about his thing was all about just getting your foot in the door. Right. And my foot in the door was as a songwriter. Gotcha. I signed a deal to write songs under a subsidiary of one of a uh, and Records, of their publishing arm. Gotcha. And so um and, and that was through Mary J. Blige's um former tour manager who hooked me up with it. You know how it is, one of his friends in LA that was looking for talent.
1: People that know and
2: people. I got back to the states and I was at Eglin Air Force Base in Florida, and um I signed a deal. They gave me more money than I'd ever made in the last two years and combined, and that's when I knew it was real. Right. And and so um, they were very supportive of me. So they let me out. Um, I got honorable discharge, got all my benefits, the whole nine. And unfortunately, fast forward a year and a, a year and a, almost a year and a half later, the company went, the company went um, bankrupt. Wow. Uh, and the parent company was not going to put any more money into, it because they were operating out of it. It's just a whole,
1: it's the business. Uh, it's, it's, crazy it's things story. that can happen in the business.
2: But what happened The the, the, the um, the, um, the silver lining in the gray cloud is I took that as an opportunity to learn the next two years. I didn't do a show. I didn't do, I went to conferences. Kashif, the late the late Kashif now, right. wrote a book called Everything Every- You Need to Know About the Music Business.
1: Right. It's one of my favorite I, books.
2: I, I, I got that book. I went to another book. And so I became a sponge of, the business of music. I learned about publishing. I learned, I learned about all all of that because I said, I never want to be in a situ- situation again where I was taken advantage of because I, of my naiveness. Right. And so fast forward, I get married, uh, moved to Atlanta. I, I met JD J- or Jermaine Dupree, ironically in Philly um, when I was living there. And he gave, I'll never forget, he gave me number to the studio, like to, to the studio. It was like, hey, you know, you know, people, they can reach me, whatever, whatever, whatever. And and so when I got here. As the you know, it's a small world. It's nothing to run into to Jermaine Dupri. Right. At the mall or at whatever. Somewhere, in, be. somewhere so in
1: Atlanta, running around the city.
2: I ended up uh, Brian Michael Cox, who was like 1920 at the time. Was just starting. He had just wrote a hit cut for um, Ideal called "Gone," yep. and he then later stuck because he was with Noontime. Gotcha. He then later kind of segued in to working with Jermaine, and then the rest is history, and whatever. Is, the, yeah, the rest is history. And of uh, fast there. forward, and then what happened was I had a band around here, the whole nine. And I eventually got to the point where I said, either I'm going to be the talent, I'm going to represent the talent. My best friend at the time was playing pro baseball, Delano DeShields, and he was playing for the, um, he, uh, he got traded from the Baltimore Orioles to Chicago Cubs. A guy in his building that he got introduced to was Kanye West's mentor. A no guy ID. by the name of No ID. No ID.
1: I'm, I'm familiar with this history. I know these and things. I know these things. I, no I'm, ID. I'm a student of this
2: game. No ID lived with us. When I say us, he had a stu- he had a house that was built just for the studio. Right. The deal was he could stay there really as long as he you know threw some beats every now and then whatever. And so um, at the time, our label was starting to pick up. And I said, I don't want to be just an artist. I don't want to be just a producer," I said. "We need what we need is someone who knows about artist development, somebody who knows how to how to position an artist, somebody who knows about image consulting." And I said, and at that point, that's when I retired my talent hat and said, "I'm going to work on developing other folks' brands." And then I also became that guy that was known for, like, Terrell Owens is a longtime friend of mine. Charles Woods and all these, so I, I was known as this guy that was always with these athletes, right? Because ironically, I played against some of these guys in high school, like Garrison Hearst, right? Or whatever can be so, so. You
1: were um, in the sports, so it's like a it's like a, a natural marriage right there.
2: And so, fast forward.
1: Is that is that? Um, I'm, I don't even mean to cut you. Off. Is that is that when the PR move no, no, started no. right there? Is that when the PR move deci- when you when the PR move started right there?
2: Shortly there after that, because Jerron Bolden who used to play, who played Buccaneers, for the Falcons. Buccaneers. Born and Buccaneer. raised in Tampa. He's a Went Buccaneer. to Hillsborough High. Yeah, he's a Buccaneer. Former Buccaneer. As he went to Terrell Lewin's big weekend event that we produced. Me and my girl, Keisha Walker. And and he was like, look, man, I want to do something for my birthday. You know, da-da-da-da-da. And he became my first NFL client.
1: That's a small world. He also
2: dude. became the first. He also became the first client that I, I got thrust into The world of media crisis because uh, one of one of JB's friends, um, and I say friends because friends don't do friends like this. Sold him a hot SUV.
1: Wow, wow, (laughs) wow! Is that while
2: he was playing for the Bucks? He said Lennox Mall business. Oh, so why the police running his tag? I don't know why they run his tag. Come to find out, it was the car was the, the truck was stolen. Well jb who at the time was still coming up
1: yeah we're talking Sorry. about your your first incident with uh you know crisis management with jb yeah. aka Jeron bolden uh and former buccaneer
2: yeah good guy good brother oh, man good big heart very good dude and unfortunately Jeron's agent just took the attitude of oh just let it die down and and at that point i you know that just was. That just didn't set well. Me, we, we, whatever. But nonetheless, um, from that point on, we ended up signing um, one of our first Olympic medalists, Olympic gold medalists, and and unfortunately, we ended up having to go through some situations where, when you're dealing with Olympic gold medalists, you're talking about when they go through something, it's of an international affair. Right. I, I got woken up one night at three o'clock in the morning with a. I believe it was a German reporter with an. Man, I, with I gotta a, slow
1: you down because you you be wanting to go to crisis management to some of your stories. I gotta I gotta get these kids to understand first how dope <laughs> how how your process even got to there. So I'm gonna ask you a series of questions. <laughs> then we are gonna get to your crisis
2: Okay, all right, I know that's part that, of yeah. the job.
1: No, you fine, you fine. Because yeah, yeah, I know you got yeah, some yeah, great yeah. experiences that I want people to hear. But I just don't want to go there too fast. Right. You no, know no, I'm no, saying? no problem. So cool, I got cool, some very cool. specific questions that I that I would like for you to answer so that some of these you know some of the, some of the folks that that get to peep you because they don't get you know hear about a guy like yeah. you every day. Um, right, how right. important was uh, or is looking at today's PR as a, compared to what it was back then is is schooling with maybe becoming a PR exec? And should we focus when we talking to you more on the PR side or should the marketing side? I know it all goes together, but this is a big PR conversation with, to get yeah, to. Well, let's
2: deal, with, let's deal with the PR side first. Okay, yeah. I think it's very important. I think it's very important. And I actually spent a lot, well, before COVID, I spend a lot of time going to colleges, specifically HBCUs, because I want our kids to understand, you know, you know, you talk about a college like Clark Atlanta. They have probably one of the best media mass media programs in the country. Right. As quiet as kept. And so um, I think it's very important because you learn um, how to how to cut and paste and and actually produce. You know what I mean? And and so because. Now what they'll do is when you get to that first news station, they're going to give you a tripod with a camera and be like, hey, go out here and you got to write, you got to edit, you got to shoot, you got to do all that and transpose and, and do that yourself from the field. Right Now, without you going to a place like Clark Atlanta or, or TSU or, or, or USC or whatever, you don't get a chance to learn as in depth as you would. Um, Let's say on your own, you're not going to you're not going to learn as much. But when you go to those schools that have a a lot of which are former anchors, former reporters, former, you know, they worked in the field so they can tell you uh, real life experience. And so I'm a big proponent of that.
1: Got you. Nowadays. Back, I'm sure when you when you started this, right, clients had to pretty much go through you to get anything, get most stuff done is when it came to became became to PR right nowadays right. with everybody pretty much having a computer in their back pocket or in their purse. Right. And and all these social media channels, they pretty much just say what they want when they want. And some of them have wound up in some pretty hot water or in some stuff that was pretty much could have could have ended some careers. And and has that made your life harder? You know, um, you yes. Know, just, just as to make a-, a
2: long story short, yes, and and I and I applaud you for bringing that up because we actually had to add social media etiquette and training to our services. Wow. Because when you're when you're an NFL player, NBA player, WNBA player, whatever, you have a platform, and even though it's your personal Twitter, you are a professional athlete that's tied to an organization. Right. You got sponsors. You got your family. There's so many. So with that being said, I always ask, I always tell clients, you can say whatever you feel and be, and be as long as long as you are factual, as long as you're willing to, to uh, do the research and, and, um, and as long as you're willing to toe the line. You know, um, now if you're not willing to do that, then don't do it. But yeah, by all means, like we're talking about the whole thing with Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, That, you know, there's a lot to that. But at the end of the day, I feel like uh, Kyrie, to be perfectly honest, is missing the boat. And I say missing the boat because Kyrie has an obligation to his team as well as his contract and as well as even to that city to do. um, And I want him to do what's best for Kyrie. But at the end of the day, let's just not, let's not act like Kyrie hasn't been a different character to deal with for the last five or six years. Well, yeah,
1: that that okay? part's been that part's been made very public. That Kanye, I mean that, Kanye, Kyrie, Kanye is a whole other story. But Kyrie has it's always it just right. always seems to be something going on. It,
2: exactly, and so for him, I, I think it's a little disingenuous of him to be perfectly honest to, to to all of a sudden fall on the well, I'm doing this for the people. No, nah, if that was the case, you should have said that from from the get go. Right. You know so let me but ask, nonetheless. So let me ask but you yeah.
1: as a PR yeah. person, as a PR person then, let me let's 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 use Kyrie as an example. He's he's our he's our case study, so to speak, for for the purpose of this interview, right? Would you have recommended <laughs> that Kyrie go live on Instagram? Like, cause when you want you go live, you just there. And I'm not saying that you actually even have to answer questions, but once you go live, you know, every news I let know you live, they there, they watching they critiquing, they recording. And once it's out there, we know how social media is. It's there. Even if you say you deleted it or whatever, it's there. Somebody got it somewhere, some server, somebody got it right. So would you have recommended that he go live?
2: No, only for this reason. And this reason only they will take Any small smidgen of of what you say and make it a soundbite and intentionally not provide context. Boom. So don't. So why put yourself in that situation?
1: So as a, as a PR person, let me, and, I, and I've heard about this before. And again, I, these are things that, that I've heard about on the, on being in the business that I'm in. But I like for these, you know, the, the like I said, the up and coming people who are interested in PR. Is there a device that you guys use? And and Jason, my producer, and I have talked about this before. Is there really a, a device that you guys use to say like, let's just say DJ Eakin is your client. And DJ Eakin known to be at a party at three in the morning and come out of the party and get on Twitter and decide that I got to rock out. Now, is there something that you could put on my Twitter to safeguard me from getting myself in trouble That say, like, I want to shoot out a tweet, but it'll go to you first, maybe. And you can say, I need to look, I you got like and you got like 12 minutes to get to it, maybe before it actually goes. To make a
2: long story sh- to make a long story short, that would be a great idea. And you might need to look in something. You might be the next um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. That's a great idea. But no, there isn't. The only thing we do is Google Alerts. And put all our clients on notification so that I'm alerted whenever they tweet something, go on Facebook, go on Instagram, or, or whatever the case may be. But there's no device that 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 filters it to me and then goes out. But that is a great idea, damn good idea.
1: So they just, so we just, so we just got dudes, we just got dudes and females who fly off the handle. Like, let me give you a small list: uh, Kanye West, Azalea Banks, Meek Mill, uh, Nicki Minaj we just leaving them out here all willy-nilly to just do what they want to with these de- with these devices and these social media networks. Do, I let me mean, so do 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 you as a you PR tingly? person? Do you as a PR person do you do you choose your clients? Like I mean, I know like you know you you have the right to refuse anybody that wants oh, to be a client. yeah. Do you do you are you more partial to saying, look, man, I don't necessarily want to work with this person because this person is a problem. and They don't want to listen. Have you ever had that instance where, you you know, you've had to step back? and go, You know what? I, I, I think that what you got going on as a whole is you're a great star. You could be even bigger, but you just keep doing these things like you just want to mess up. And I don't want to deal with that. You don't have to tell well, me who it was unless you want to.
2: <laughs> no, no. But what we do is in a situation like that, and this happens more often than not. We just have to, res- you know, respectfully decline the opportunity and just say that, you know, we just think we have different visions. I just say, you know, we have different visions um, of of how we, you know, interpret them moving forward with their brand. And so we just have creative differences. And so um, and I would just say they need to get with a, a a PR firm or publicist whose vision for their brand is more in line with theirs because ours is a little different. Right. And, you know, and
1: yeah let me ask you this about if it's like a kid in college right I often tell kids in college like or kids in high school whenever when I'm talking to them I'm like yo you already kind of got your audience already you don't even understand that because you and your friends stay on this social media platform already if you want to start a YouTube channel or something you kind of got a built-in audience to start practicing your craft right you could start like doing like a little show and it don't got to be super serious in the beginning but you 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 honing your chops right you getting your chops right but you you could be talking about the same things that Stephen A is talking about on ESPN right like this it's just your version of it right so if a kid is thinking about pr and say they go to high school with a with a with one of like one of their buddies is is like he's a pretty good dude on the team would you recommend to that kid like look man help somebody with their you know if you want to like help them reach out and help them with their social media because that could start to me in my opinion getting the kid practice they could start learning how to you know help somebody else's brand do you recommend things like that to the students you talk to
2: yeah We, we always because at the end of the day Practice makes perfect, right. and so that's a great way to start. And I always say, if you build it first, they'll come. So th- there's nothing to lose when you're starting out. You're a high school kid. You're in, you're in college, so you, you're just practicing. So um, yeah. So we 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 actually um, there's certain kids that I mentor, and and then we have interns and things of that nature. So it's all about you know just how serious that kid is. Um, if we say like they're, they're really serious, then, you know, yeah, I'll take them under my wing. We might add, give them an internship or or even have off, you know, um, a side mentorship, personal, right. professionally rather. Yeah.
1: You know, the question everybody want to know, that's that's not in this, too. They they want to know, hey, man, I, I, how much does that PR does that PR executive make? Like, what's what's the salary range that a PR executive can really be making out here? Because, you know, that at the end of the day, right, when they all start talking as well. Well, how much yeah. money can I make? How much money can I make in that job?
2: Let's put it like this: um, six figures, all the way up to millions. There, there are certain. Wow. There are. There. I have colleagues that are multimillionaires. Wow. Um, you know, um, because at the end of the day, everybody. I put it to you like this: everybody that somebody has somebody that does what I do in their, on their team. Right. Whether that's Michael Jordan, whether that's LeBron, whether that's Coca-Cola, Delta Airlines, Nike, and so you know when we work with fortune 500 companies, you know, they're not paying us $20 an hour. Right. You know what I'm saying? They're paying, you know, they're paying handsomely. And so, and and you got to think about it like this. If you're Tiger Woods and you come and come into a a, a crazy situation with your brand, what is a hundred thousand dollars retainer to sign a media crisis manager to help you maintain, to keep, that $200 million empire that you got going on? Right. Nothing. So, I mean, but it, it all depends. Um, obviously, when you start talking about, like, not-for-profit and non, and what I call the non-entertainment portions of what we do. Sorry about that. Um, that's 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 not as much glamorous, but when you start talking about Fortune 500 companies, major brands, athletes, and entertainers, um, uh, Cardi B's publicists, She ain't missing no meals. Right. You know, um, Beyonce's publicist who's who I've known for years, you know, you know, again, you know, she, she not boiling hot water to, uh, to, you know, to take a bath tonight. Right. You know what I mean? She's
1: doing, you know what I'm saying? So,
2: yeah, yeah. So it can be, but I, but I always say, don't let the money be the focus, focus on the craft because if you become, it's just like in your field, when you become the best DJ in that area, you can write your own price. And guess what? They gotta pay it because, well, man, we gotta pay, we gotta pay him because he the hottest in the city. Right. And if that's your price, that's your price. And so that affords you the opportunity to turn down opportunities to work with people. Um there have been plenty of people that have tried to sign with us and then we start talking price. And it's like, you know, um, well, and, and there's nothing for me to say. I mean, after we've we've gone through what we've gone through. I mean, you can't tell me that you want to be on Good Morning America, Today Show, Jimmy Kimmel, Essence, and all that. Um, I'm supposed to do all that for $500 a month? No, nah. you know what I mean. Right. So, um, but yeah, but make a long story short, you can we can definitely. Uh, I'm a single father raising my son, who I just had to pick up. It. And um, whenever he turns that light switch on, or go to that pantry, or go to the freezer, there's plenty of food in there to eat. It's gotta He's work. You got a PlayStation Five. Uh, he's got the the Xbox. He's got,
1: he, he's yeah. So he's um, doing okay. <laughs> we
2: missing
1: no meals over here, right? Hey, let, let me let me ask you this uh, yeah. about something yeah. that that went on here um a while back, and 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 your feelings as far as being you know uh, African American PR executive, right, as opposed to what some other executives go through. Like, uh, let's talk about a while back the not LeBron incident, but the rachel nichols incident at espn when she got caught on the on the the uh you know on the camera that was still on but she was talking to one of lebron's like like lebron's pr guy and it's like in this whole she was talking to
2: lebron's publicist
1: right okay there you go i just want to get clarity okay we want to get clarity right and this guy was clearly saying that he was tired of black lives they both were like black lives mattered out they were tired now you pr person for the biggest Star in the pretty much almost in the world, definitely basketball. You don't get much bigger than LeBron, right? If you, if you, if you as big as him, you just right beside him because you're not bigger, right? So, you're talking Steph Curry, maybe, maybe, right? Other than that, you, you, LeBron is still it. I don't, it's like that guy didn't feel anything from that, in my opinion. And it's your opinion as a publicist, do you think that would have went very differently had he been African American or, you know, or do you think that, I mean, it's like he didn't feel anything. It's like something we barely even talked about, and he was on that call clearly talking. And it's like it just went to the wayside.
2: He didn't pay any penalty for it. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't pay any penalty for that. Um, and and it's because he's he's a white man, so he can, you know, he he can he can afford to to not say nothing or to say something and not pay a penalty for that. And unfortunately. Um, the the silver lining is Rachel is no longer there. Um, at the end of the day, let's get, let's get real. Rachel isn't the is is not even in the. She's not the the best interviewer. She her her you know who her her stepmother, for crying out loud, is Diane Sawyer. Okay, her mother-in-law. Rather. Wow. Well, okay.
1: Well, that just made and, the world and, a little smaller to and me right there.
2: Her Her mother, you know. So and and then. Her um, her father-in-law, who's married to Diane Sawyer, is one. Of, well, he's deceased now, but was one of the biggest directors in the. So she was already on third base when she when she left. You know, so let's let's let's, let's not play like she just earned her keep. Right. Okay. So, um, but you know, it is what it is. But um, I think there's some great There's some great black publicists out here people behind these brands like one of my friends represents you know co- ironically Colin Kaepernick as well as Cam Newton and Venus and Serena and um, you know they got the new movie about Richard yeah, Williams coming out something
1: I cannot wait to see I cannot wait to yeah. see Will Smith play play Richard Williams I cannot wait to see that and
2: so like I say Beyonce's publicist So that, we've got some great black women and men um, uh, PR professionals we just don't a lot of time, because the nature of the business, we're this is a behind the scenes business. Right. So I'm not necessarily supposed to be the lead story per se. You know, I'm supposed to play the play the wing and whatever, uh, unless it's in a format like this or I'm on a panel or something like that, whatever. But other than that, uh, we're we're in a very kind of in the shadows business, if you
1: right. will. I got I got two more questions man and I'm gonna let you get out because I appreciate yeah. you taking the time in and I got so much more I want to talk to you about so as soon as I when I'm done I, okay. I'll call you and talk your ear off for like another right. hour because we got a bunch to talk about still let me uh okay. is p is uh crisis management the hardest part of your job or is it something else
2: uh crisis management is without a doubt because of it's it's the hardest without that's 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 without a doubt because you got so many entities that are coming at you sideways. I was called one time 31 times in a 10 minute span by I didn't know who it was at the time, but it was TMZ because of something that happened with a client. 31 times. Wow. Back to back. The back yeah. Yeah. And so um but yeah, it's it's the hardest but it's also the most rewarding, especially when your client is accused of something that they did not do or something that didn't that that's not being fully uh, portrayed to its totality.
1: Right. You know. OK. And right. actually, I had just two questions. But in the midst of you answering that, because this is hip hop study hall, I would be amiss mm-hmm. if I didn't ask you this. Let's mm-hmm. look at the situation that happened with the baby and Megan Stallion. Uh, uh, no, mm-hmm. no, no, not that's toward That's toward things. I'm talking. I meant the baby and the rolling loud controversy. Right. And and, yes. let, let, and let me give you my beginning thoughts on it at rolling loud. I didn't. And I went through this on on the pod. His statement. I never thought the baby actually said anything that was directly saying this is to that community. Now, the things that he said can be interpreted by that community because of what he was talking about. You understand? What I'm saying again, I'm not saying this is not about me saying the baby is right or wrong. This is not about that. Now, the baby said right. some very questionable right. things that if you're in that community, right. you feel like he's talking to you because of the things that he said. But if you go back and read the right. words that the baby said, which I did on this pod, he never said this is for you or this is for you. But again, I'm playing apples and oranges. I know how it can be now um right. in plenty of parties that I've been to. I've heard DJs be like, yo, if you don't got HIV, make some noise. If you don't got an STD, make some noise. Now, I say all of that to say this. The the baby didn't seem like to me, if he had a PR person, that he was taking a calls, that he was that he was answering a emails, text messages or nothing, because he just went in all these places that just seemed like, bro, you are making this absolutely the worst that it can be. Now, going back to look at that, right, playing devil's advocate, t- playing devil's advocate. If you have a client that gets in that situation, because we know how these these and, and let's not just say that community will say like any of these people that get together and make themselves a unit. Right. And they decide that they want to cancel you. What uh-huh. is the first thing that you tell your right. client in a situation like that? Do you just tell them, look, bro, let's not say nothing yet.
2: First of all, shut the hell up.
1: Boom. OK. Not, okay.
2: And I and I, and I, and I little like. And to the point where stay off social media, let us handle it. And and you talk when we when we advise you to talk, because I'm going to hand you a sheet of paper to let you know what to say, but more importantly, what not to say, because at that point he was throwing gasoline on the fire. And and it was like every time he came out with something, it was making it worse. Right. And so. And I agree with you. When he's when his initial statement, he didn't say LBGT community. If you're doing, but it can be very subjective that who's in the parking lot, right? You know. And and I mean, again, again, I, don't, I mean, I, I mean so, I, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't say that stuff to yeah. not be a realist. So you very much are on point with me. I just, you know, the words that you said. But again, I'm not. Again, my statement, and, I, and I've made this clear, man. I don't, I don't get on here to be like this person's right or this person's wrong. But, I, you know, right. I, I do think that, you know, watching the baby and, and just my problem with the whole baby, the baby thing. is, And I'm in the same boat as Dave Chappelle. The baby, since he has been out since he has been out, has been disrespectful to me and you. He has told me and you every third song that he will do to us what he did to that guy in Walmart. Now, Walmart incident aside, right. whether it was self-defense or not, every third song, the baby tells us I'll do it again if I have to. Every fifth song, right. fourth song, he let you know I, I do this to a woman if I feel like cause this is what they mean to me. You know what I'm saying? Like and now and again, this right. is rap to me. Right. This is I'm not taking this like the baby hasn't made great records or whatever. Nobody saw the cancel right. him then. Right. My biggest problem with the cancellation, right. and this may be a little bit off, is I get it. That, that community exactly might, might have been after him. Right. But it's everybody else who piled on. Right. It was like, was my life not important when he was doing this to me and you? You understand what I'm saying? Like why can't why do why is he canceled now? You know?
2: Because because nobody cares about black lives. Nobody cares about women's lives. Nobody cares about black women's lives specifically. Because, like you said, let's just be honest about this. Is hip this is a hip hop forum that you were doing. Um, hip hop has been very denigrative and disrespectful towards women of all races, but specifically black women. So but no one is trying to cancel any of those artists. But as soon as you say something about that particular community, and this is where I kind of almost have to give them a kudos, they will come after you with, with, hell have no fear. They move as a unit,
1: they move, the move as MBGG a unit too. Community. They definitely move as a unit right. as well.
2: Yeah, and, yeah,
1: and in their especially, defense- and I don't and I don't mean to keep saying in their defense. It's just a lot of times when I'm talking like in, and I get into these things, I mess the letters up in yeah. the order. So I say in their defense, I will say this. They don't let anybody buy. So I don't I don't think that they're right. really selective. I just think if it feels bad, wrong to them, they go for it. Right. Like I said, right. my biggest issue with the baby was how all these other people came out of nowhere and was like, yeah, we should join in. Let's cancel him. I was just like. Where where did that right. get in, you know? Um and and I right. guess you as a PR person, that just seems like in a job like yours, it just became a PR nightmare.
2: It did. It did. And so and so what happens is you have to basically put him put him in I hate to say this, but like literally like a timeout and take him through some um you know, some uh intense uh coaching and then uh reach out to those organizations to try to see if we can have those um private meetings to have a meeting of the minds, uh, p- apologies and things that they just so that you can show that you're contrite. Because if you don't show that you're serious about an apology with your actions, forget what you say, it's your actions. And so those are the things that's gonna really help us to to keep him um in the limelight in a good way because he was willing to meet with these organizations, he apologized and so forth, whatever. So, but like you said, and Dave Chappelle said, when he killed that guy in Walmart, he out here, ain't no, ain't nobody talking about canceling. Nobody. T- you know, when, when he talked about, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, vandalizing my sister or your sister, ain't nobody talking about canceling. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but let him say something about that could be deemed as disrespectful to a certain community then all of a sudden you know they trump they trump our needs and our and our existence right and that's the very point that dave Chappelle was actually making Boom. and and people and they're actually making it for him by by their outrage yeah
1: do you think that dave yeah. that, that, so, I, I think that dave handles a lot of this stuff very well because dave has i think Dave reminds me a lot of how, and I
2: know his publicist too. He has a, he has a damn good publicist, a black publicist too. That's dope. He's got a, he's got a. D-
1: he he yeah. Dave reminds me a lot of, a lot of how Jay Z and Beyonce move. Like they don't tend they just let that mm-hmm. because if something happens, you can't seem to me address every single thing. So they seem to me right. like Jay Z and Beyonce and Dave is like they don't really say a lot. Little things get addressed in their art. You understand what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Beyonce dropped Lemonade right. when everybody was talking about her and Jay and whatever problems right. they thought that they had, right? She dropped Lemonade, and she addressed things right. that she wanted to address. Dave, to me, is always seems that he goes back to the stage, and he addresses right. things through his art. And I think that as, right. a, as an artist i think that there's things to be taken from that like in a good way you know what i'm saying like look man right. you can't be on you can't you cannot reply to everybody on twitter and your public will probably tell you that i mean i'm not one i know that you one, in a very real respected one and right. you didn't even said it like sometimes you just got to be quiet because you would never keep up with all these followers you got responding to everything that they say
2: right and speaking of which i actually have an interview with ebony magazine with a client that i Got okay. Well, I'll get I appreciate on here.
1: You, I, I, you got one more? No, I got, you know what I'll do, man? We can talk again soon. Just tell them how they can find you, man, on Instagram, Twitter, wherever they can reach out to you at, man. I'm all good, man. I appreciate everything that we talked about today.
2: No problem. Instagram is just simply my name, Carlos Scott. Um, um, On Twitter, it's N Vision Marketing. That's the letter N V I S I O N M A R K E T I N. Facebook, again, is Carlos Scott. But Instagram is, is um is probably the best one. That's the one that I check the most. I do the most uh, as well as LinkedIn as well, Carlos right. Scott. And so man, all I,
1: right? I appreciate you taking the time, man. The as pleasure always, was mine, man. my brother. <laughs> we will talk again soon, man, because I I'm gonna have plenty of questions, and I'm sure somebody else is gonna have a crisis. All right, my man, Carlos Scott, man, Envision Marketing Inc., Atlanta, GA, uh, representative of the stock.